0: Welcome to the second episode of Give a Fuck, a podcast presented by Spark Consciousness. I am your host, Sarah Woodard, and Spark Consciousness is my brainchild. The essential idea behind Spark Consciousness is that it's going to offer perspective and knowledge bombs and hopefully... Help you to spark your own interests and your own learning and your own sense of belonging because when you connect with nature, when you understand what other humans need, what you need, what animals need, what plants need, what earth needs, and why they need it, you're able to come from a place of greater compassion. That doesn't mean you never get angry, you do. We're human, we get ticked off. But it does mean you're able to pause for a second, work through your feelings, your very legitimate feelings, and then respond from a place of compassion as best as you can. And when you do that, you also have more compassion for yourself. And you begin to understand what your place is in this larger web of life. So that's the purpose of Spark Consciousness. With this particular show, with Give a Fuck, my purpose here is to provide you with some fun facts or some tips or some uh, observations to kind of just kick off your own thought process. I also share resources and I just basically love to help people learning and sharing my knowledge. Um, As a reminder, Give a Fuck is spelled F asterisk K. It's basically to avoid the censors, but also there is uh, another podcast out there with a similar spelling that's about like paranormal stuff. Feel free to check them out. I haven't, but that's okay. You can if you want to. Um, The um, setup of this podcast, we're going to start with a little intro like this, and then I'm going to do a quick little life update, and then we'll get to the satan of the show, and then we'll do some wrap-up and housekeeping really quick. So... Life updates is where we're going next. Um, first I have to give a huge, huge, awesome shout out and thank you to Be Boulder Photography. Thank you, Eleanor. We had an amazing photo shoot at this place called NCAR up in Boulder. Um, they are a research facility, but they also have all these cool trails and stuff on the property, and it was truly magical. It really was. Um We had like had like, I don't know, a Inch or two of snow the night before, so there was just this beautiful blanket of snow on the mountains. The views were amazing. Um, even though it was cold, I had so much fun. I just kind of got to play in the snow while Eleanor took pictures. It was amazing. And at one point, we were even photobombed by a deer. It was so cool. Um, She did not have the right lens to get pictures with her good camera, but she did with her phone get a couple pictures and I think a video. So I will be posting those on social media at some point. It was amazing. And it was also a really great reminder for me because as much as I am connected to nature and I know that I need nature and I know that I love being in nature, life gets busy and you forget and you forget to do the thing you know you're supposed to do. And it just, being there in this beautiful space with nature all around, I just, it was like, oh, yeah, right, yep, okay, Sarah, you're supposed to, this is part of, like, you need to do this for your own self, and this is what you tell people they need to do for their own selves. Practice what you preach, girlfriend. Hello. Um, So, yeah, nice personal reminder there, too. Um, Other than that, I am still working on a lot of pieces to get Spark Consciousness up and running. Um, also hanging out with my kitties, uh, Toby, Socks, oh, Socks passed away. I'm so sorry, but I do think he is here with us, um, in spirit quite often, which is probably why I just said his name. So there's, to- the live ones are Toby, Sunny, and Monkey, and I did introduce them in the last episode. They're my babies. Um, and planning some fun outdoor adventures because I do remember that I need to do that for myself and enjoying the mountains. And, um, you know, although Christmas is not my holiday, which we're going to talk about in the satan section in just a minute, um, I do have my own holiday traditions that I am prepping for, as I'm sure you are as well for whatever holidays you celebrate. And that, yeah, is, I think, it as far as the life update goes. (laughs) So moving on to the Satan of the show, um, like I said, Christmas is not my holiday. I have no problem with Christmas. I have no problem with Christmas trees, Christmas lights, with people celebrating whatever it is that they feel brings them joy at this time of year. What I have a problem with is what I am calling inclusion varnishing. So... If you've never heard that term, and I'm guessing you haven't because I think I just made it up. And if I didn't, then cool, whoever did gets the credit. But I could not find anything about it when I did a search. <sighs> Here's what happens. we say, People say happy holidays or we're ready for the holidays. Now, happy holidays when you're like at the checkout at the store and you don't know the person and they don't know you and you've never had a conversation to find out what holidays you do celebrate. Totally cool. Then it's just kind of like a have a nice day. That's fine. There's There's no... There's no other thing to say in that situation other than just have a nice day and they're trying to make it relevant for the time of year. Fine. Where I have a problem is when you see things like somebody's talking about Christmas lights or a tree or they're posting about it on social media or whatever and they say, we're ready for the holidays. Check out our holiday lights. We love the winter holidays, whatever it is. No. You're talking about Christmas only. Now, that's fine if that's the only one you want to talk about, but don't try to make it sound like you're inclusive and generalizing to holidays when you have no other holidays included in your picture, in your post, in your life, in any way, shape, or form. That's offensive to people who don't celebrate Christmas and are going, okay, well, you're saying you're ready for the holidays, plural. Where are the holidays? I see one, right? Um not everybody's going to understand why why that's offensive. Like, I speak up about it, and I had somebody slap at me and say, you're looking for reasons to be offended. Well, no, I am offended. And I'm entitled to feel offended. I'm entitled to say how I feel. You don't have to agree with me, though. That's okay. We're not all going to agree. However, and this is where knowledge, increasing your knowledge, understanding people's motivations and whys helps you to be more compassionate, Right. I would argue that if that person took a second to understand my story, she would also have responded differently to me. I don't know for sure, but that's my guess. I'm going to tell you a quick story because this time it's very triggering for me. I grew up in a small, small town. I graduated with 88 kids and I was the only Jewish one in the class. Not just in the class, but in like the group of classes when you move like, you know, every three years or whatever to a new school. I was the only jewish one and it was hard i got picked on a lot kids didn't understand and kids are mean kids are really mean and nasty when you're different oh boy i remember like on the playground they'd be like what did santa bring you and i would go uh i don't know i don't believe in santa you don't believe in santa no why don't you believe in santa well i don't celebrate christmas you don't celebrate christmas what's wrong with you well nothing's wrong with me i'm jewish right it was a it was a challenging thing and early on, I had to learn to find my voice about this particular thing. In like third or fourth grade, I was looking around the cafeteria right around this time of year, sometime between, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I noticed there was all these Christmas decorations. It was Santas and Merry Christmases with the red and the green and the, you know, the whole thing, right? The whole schlamiel, as we would say. And I was like, but what about Hanukkah? so I went to the school guidance counselor and I was like, Mr. Vortielli, why are there no Hanukkah decorations in the cafeteria? And this was well before the days of people even understanding inclusion. Okay, I graduated high school in 1997. So nobody cared about anything back then. And this was a very waspy town on top of that. So really, no one cared. And he said, you know, Sarah, I don't know. But let's go talk to the lunch ladies and see what we can do. Again, there's probably something else we call them other than lunch ladies today. Totally cool. That's what we said back then. So we walked. He takes me by the hand because back then you could do that with kids in schools. And we walked down to the cafeteria and, you know, he he basically said, hi, you know, whatever her name was. Um, Sarah here was wondering, you know, why there's not um, Hanukkah decorations in and amongst all the Christmas ones. And she said to me, you know, she says, Sarah, I I don't think we have any, but if you make something, we'll hang it up. So I did, and they did. It was an okay response. Better would have been to actually go out and purchase Hanukkah decorations, just like they had purchased Christmas decorations, but it was a good start. It was a good start. As you might imagine, the town I grew up in did not publicly acknowledge any holiday other than Christmas. We had to drive a town or more to get to any sort of Jewish worship place, a synagogue, we call them. Okay. So I had pretty low expectations. I get to college. It's a bigger town, very, very liberal school. And there was a lot of Jewish people. We even had a Hillel. And for those who are unfamiliar, Hillel is a college campus Jewish organization started by a guy named Hillel. And somehow, even with that, they did not publicly acknowledge Hanukkah on the campus. We were not allowed to light our Hanukkah candles in the dorm. Being me, I took it upon myself to change this. I went to the, um well, first I started with like the residence director, the RD, and they were like, sorry, Sarah, we just can't make an exception to the no candles rule, which was really stupid because you were allowed to smoke in the dorms back then. You can burn a dorm down with a cigarette, more likely probably than you can with a candle, particularly a Hanukkah menorah that you're going to watch burn down. But okay, fine. Plan B, I went to the dining hall leadership and I explained the predicament and they welcomed us with open arms to come and light our candles in the dining hall for the entire week of Hanukkah. They even worked with me during Passover. They were pretty awesome. And it really, it also still really bugged me that they would have the Christmas tree lighting and they didn't do anything. But they called it the holiday lighting. It's not a holiday lighting. We are inclusion varnishing when we say that. It is a Christmas tree. If you're going to have holiday lights, you need to include Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and whatever other winter holidays exist. Because I promise you, I don't know them all. So I went to, I don't know, some sort of leadership committee. I forget who they were. It was a long time ago. And... They and I made my pitch. Some people were super open to it. Some people super weren't. It did eventually change through the efforts of some other people as well. And this this issue has seemed to dog me every place that I've lived. I lived in Nashua, New Hampshire for most of my adult life, and they have a conservative synagogue there. Never publicly acknowledged Hanukkah. I chose not to engage in that battle at that point because it was just like, I give up. I quit. (laughs) Um, I lived in a small town in Vermont for a year before I moved to where I live now in Colorado. And in that town, well, really the town north of me, somebody actually hung a swastika flag during the Jewish high holidays. And it took months for anyone to do anything about it. And then the response was basically, oh, we don't condone this. Great. Are you going to do anything about it? That was my cue to leave. Because <laughs> that wasn't just like, oh, I don't feel included. That felt actually unsafe and dangerous to me. Um, and now I live in Colorado, the beautiful state of Colorado with the beautiful mountains. And the town that I live in, It, I've only been here like seven, eight months. But the town I live in has a Reformed synagogue and a Chabad. And for those who are not familiar, Chabad is from the Hasidic tradition of Judaism. And so we clearly have a large enough Jewish population to sustain two houses of worship for Jewish people. Yet the town is putting out their invites of, you know, join us for our holiday tree lighting. It is not a holiday tree It does not include all of the holidays. It is a Christmas tree lighting. If you really want to be inclusive and not just inclusive varnishing, pretending you're inclusive, bring out a manure, bring out a Kwanzaa, whatever they call it. And I apologize that I do not know. I don't know everything. I don't pretend to know everything. Rep- make sure that what you're doing for the winter holidays represents all of the holidays, or at least the ones that the majority of your population represents, which in this town, at a minimum, is Christmas and Hanukkah. Otherwise, call it what it is, right? Like I said, super triggering. Thank you for letting me rant. Um, I, do, I do love Colorado. I do love it here. It's just very triggering. And it feels very non-inclusive, right? Like, I, I, I don't know that somebody who's not from an underrepresented population can truly understand. But it feels like, it literally kind of feels like we're getting the finger. When you say, we're lighting our holiday, you know, we're, we're gearing up for the winter holidays, and all you're actually doing is putting up Christmas decorations, that feels very, it feels like we're getting, kind of getting the finger in a way. It feels very non-inclusive. It feels very offensive. Not everybody understands that. Um, like I said, I had somebody today tell me to stop looking for reasons to be offended. I'm not looking. It's how I feel. <laughs> but okay. Um, I don't think it's, truly possible. But this is where I'm I'm hoping sharing my story, sharing these anecdotes will help you to kind of put yourself in my shoes for a second, or in some other represented population's shoes for a second. See it from their side. How can you respond differently? How can you be more compassionate? Um, another example of the Um, inclusion varnishing thing is when companies say, oh, we're an equal opportunity employer. In fact, I think legally they have to say that a lot of times. But then you go and you actually look at the company, right? And all of their top executives are old white dudes or young white dudes, but they're white dudes. And you look at the large majority of their workforce is white and male, cisgendered male. Let's be specific here. And their their sort of token quote unquote minority hires, their token hires from those underrepresented populations make less than the white dudes for doing the same job or sometimes even a harder job. That's both immoral and disgusting and inclusion varnishing, right? So we can't we cannot solve all the problems. We just can't. But what we can do is change ourselves. And so the solution here with the inclusion varnishing thing is to be super specific about language. If you're talking about only Christmas, then say just Christmas. That way I don't expect to feel included in the first place, right? Then I don't feel like I'm getting the finger because I expect it to be included and then I'm not. Then I just feel like, okay, I'm just not welcome there. Don't love it, but at least it's honest. At least it's honest. And also, if you do want to include those underrepresented populations, and you're just not sure how, which is okay. We, nobody knows everything. Ask us. You know, I, I have not met a single person from an underrepresented population who, if you approach them with an open heart and an open mind and a genuine desire to help them feel included, we're all willing to give you some ideas and to educate you and to help you help us, right? Right. I don't know a single person who who would not respond that way. So just ask. Like there's no harm in not knowing. There's harm in not asking. And like I always say, knowledge is the basis for compassion. So when you ask those questions, you're increasing your knowledge and then you can be more compassionate. You can you can do more to help in whatever ways work for you. Maybe you take on spearheading a giant effort to get a menorah in the town square during the winter holiday season. Or maybe you just say, you know what? I am hosting a party at my house this year, and I want to make sure that my Jewish neighbor is included. And so I am going to have them bring their Hanukkah menorah so that we can light it together. Don't put them on the spot and ask them to teach about it unless you've cleared it with them first. That can be super uncomfortable. Or maybe it's just, you know, I want them to feel included, so I'm going to make sure that next to my Merry Christmas decor, I also have a sign that says, Happy Hanukkah. Like, they're small things sometimes, but they make a huge, huge difference as far as actual inclusion versus inclusion varnishing when you're posting on social media about your your Christmas party with your office or whatever, or in your house. Don't call it a holiday party unless you have done something to showcase all of the holidays. Call it a Christmas party if that's really what it is. That's honest, and it's less offensive. I know it seems counterintuitive to a lot of people, but if you're not in that underserved population, you won't really understand. (sighs) So, again, thank you for letting me rant. I hope it has expanded your mind in some way, shape, or form. You can find me on social media. I am on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. For all of those except LinkedIn, my username is Spark Consciousness. Um, My website will be up soon. The link for that is sparkconsciousness.net um in the coming months there will be an online course rolling out as well as a digital magazine so stay tuned for those um i did find an awesome videographer to work with me on recording the class so i'll keep you pushing on that i'm excited it's going to be great um if you do want to try to understand a little bit more specifically about Judaism and how that feels for kids in schools, I recommend my children's book, Batia's Lunch, because don't forget, I've been a children's author for a long time. Um, so Batia's Lunch is kind of my story that I just told, but expanded on that. There was more, there was more pieces to it than that. So Batia's Lunch is sort of my story. Um, Upcoming, I do. I do not know. That. I do not know the topic for the next show, and probably I probably won't most of the time. Um, I I like to kind of keep it loose so that it can be timely, but I also have a list of topics that I work from, so it's it's a little bit of a balancing act. But when I know, I'll share. Right now, I don't. Um, other than that, like I said, I'm working on getting the uh, working with the videographer, which is going to be amazing, and I am working on making sure I give myself time outside because I know I need to do that. And I think that is about it for this week. So I will see you in two weeks. And in the meantime, continue to expand your knowledge, feel the connections, and live with compassion.